Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Well, thank you for joining us for this week's episode of AccuWeather's Everything Under the Sun podcast. I'm your host, meteorologist Regina Miller. I'm joined in the studio now by Andy Robb, my producer. And we are continuing our discussion today, Andy, on forensics and summertime. Yeah. Uh, After last week, I want more. I'm ready. I know. Let's let's go. You know what? It's hard to imagine how many things that can cause injury death or there's some significant problems you can run into in the summertime and so we're joined in the studio now by dr joe sobel and by uh our forensic meteorologist uh steve wistar and we are going to be talking about some summer incidents that you've had to investigate as part of the forensic meteorology department here at accuweather so thank you both for sitting down with me once again always our pleasure So last week we were talking about a case where there was a food truck explosion. And part of that was the fact that the temperature in the air is not the same as what you have with the temperature uh, on the macadam or in the ground or in a car or different things like that. So there's a lot that people have to consider when it comes to heat-related issues. Do you guys have some cases related to that? Uh, yeah, there have been a number of uh, different kinds of cases uh, that have been heat-related that we've been involved with or summer weather-related. In, in terms of stress on the human body, there, been, there are two kinds of uh, cases that I can think of. First of all, uh, the heat stress on an athlete when they're performing uh, – either practicing or actually performing in a game uh, when it's 95 degrees and and very high humidity. Uh, That can really take a toll on the body in terms of uh, staying hydrated and that kind of a thing. And there are certain regulations uh, that uh, a coach or a supervisor has uh, to watch for and that practice would be called off or a game might be postponed Uh, if uh, the weather conditions are above that and the danger to the athletes. And so we've had a couple of cases uh, that have have involved uh, some serious injury and fatality. We actually Uh, just had one. Uh, There was one uh, 14-year-old boy collapsed and died after overheating at uh, football practice. I saw this story, and this was on June 11th, I think, they had this situation. So, I mean, you hear about it often college students and then you know once in a while yes, you hear about with a high it school it seems student. to happen every summer there's a few of these unfortunately especially yep. where it's humid because it's the high humidity that makes it harder for the body to cool itself because our bodies cool themselves by sweating right. and then the evaporation of that sweat off our body is what causes the cooling the same uh, situations you get out of a swimming pool and suddenly you feel chilled because of the evaporation of the water it's a natural 
cooling process, and we've evolved to have that in our bodies. But when it's really humid outside, that makes it harder to evaporate moisture. And so the cooling effects uh, get less and less. And if the humidity is all the way at 100%, there's no evaporation and no evaporational cooling. And mm-hmm. so these um, uh, heat death cases due to athletes you know, working out really hard on a hot day tend to occur more, I would say, in the southeastern quarter of the country, mm-hmm. or maybe just anywhere in the east, anywhere it's humid. Mm-hmm. We're out west where the weather's drier, there's less problem with that. Now, so, so you guys have had, because that's the other thing um, that I had mentioned in our last podcast where I was saying, you know, in forensics and meteorology, I know a lot of times it's a lawsuit regarding responsibility. Um, so they're bringing you in to find out the conditions. So can you give me an example on something like that, where there was stress to someone's body, where they may have been, you know, sick or passed away from something like that, and you guys were brought in about the conditions? Well, I can think of one case uh, where the, a high school football player, um, uh, like you just discussed, uh, and this was uh, actually in the New York City area, so... Uh, Stephen mentioned that, that the southeast might be more prone to this, but the heat and humidity can be pretty intense all the way up, uh, even into New England on a summer day. And there's one more thing that needs to be considered, and that's sunshine. You have to account for the air temperature, the ground temperature, and the humidity, but also whether the sun is out or not. I'm sure your own experience, uh, you know that when the sun, when you're outside, and especially if it's June, and uh, the, the sun is near its highest angles of the year and its strongest of the year and most intense, uh, that the additional impact of the sun can be very extreme. So these are cases in, in which, uh, in this particular case, a high school football player uh, passed out and uh, unfortunately uh, did uh, pass away the result of uh, the heat stress involved. And another thing to realize, and I think we talked a little bit about this last week, but that the air temperature that we hear is measured officially six feet above the ground. And so that's about the, you know, the height of a head height of a person. But as you go down toward the ground on a sunny, hot day in the summer, it gets hotter and hotter and hotter. So if, if it's 95 degrees at six feet above the ground, at four feet above the ground, it might be 105 degrees. And as you get down to two feet above the ground, it could be 115 degrees. And then, as we talked about some last week, right down on the pavement, if, say, a sports team, they're out running on a paved blacktop, oh, yeah. uh, that can be 140 degrees or more in the sun on a hot afternoon. And so the temperature of a person's body running is going to vary and their legs are going to be hotter than their head. I don't know medically what that would do, but um, they are well, impacted by... if they're running by... in gear sometimes, too, they can't Absolutely, even... Yeah, they may have full um, pads on cool or... down, yeah. So you say they're, you know, they're running in 95-degree heat, but really only their head is in 95-degree heat and their feet may be in 130-degree heat. be, you know, really rough on someone who may have some... Uh, hidden illness or something that well even on somebody who's completely healthy well uh, i was going to say even if you're not really well if you're not staying well hydrated at that point in time maybe there's not enough breaks for water or something like that if it's you know so is that kind of where for example that particular case you were talking about in new york how did that case go like who was 
blaming who, who was holding who responsible, and how did you guys get called into that one? Do you remember? Well, the, the estate of the, the young man that passed away was uh, charging that the practice should have been canceled or post, postponed or delayed on that uh, the coach should not have uh, been should not have had the kids out practicing under those particular weather conditions. Okay. The other kind of case that we were talking about here, uh, heat related, and we hear about these kinds of cases. Uh, it seems like every year too are heat fatalities inside a closed car, where uh, somebody may leave a pet or a child inside a car and, and run out for only 10 or 15 minutes or forget that they've left yes. uh, yeah. a child in the car. Uh, and um, the, the temperature has gotten, and the temperature will go up amazingly fast inside of a heel, sealed car, depending on the color of the um, of the car, whether it's got leather seats or vinyl seats. and The amount uh, of sunshine that day exactly. in addition to right. the temperature. Right, because last week we said that, you know, with, the, with like a vinyl dashboard, temperatures inside can get over 170 degrees. Over 170 degrees. Sure. Now that's the temperature of the vinyl itself, mm-hmm. not necessarily. Oh, right, the inside. Of- of the car, uh, right, 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 but it can it can get to the point where obviously where the stress on a, on a body can uh, can cause problems. Now, and you know, I heard a tip which I thought was a really good idea because what happens is you know, and it's so sad when it happens sometimes where mm-hmm. a parent forgets a child in the back of the car because people get into habits. Like I remember one where, or the woman wasn't supposed to have the child that day, and the the husband normally dropped off the kid, and the wife went to work, forgot. They said, "Put your purse in the back seat with the child. Hmm. Put your phone in the back seat with the child, because out of habit, you're no- used to grabbing those out of habit, so hmm. it'll make you stop, think about turn what you're doing, and, and turn Absolutely. around and look. look. And I was yeah. like, you know, yeah. that's a yeah. really good piece of advice, yeah. you know, because we do have summer coming, and the fact that it can heat up very quickly. Yeah. One other thing, uh, kind of case that we get involved with in the summertime is lightning strikes. And Steve has been involved with a couple of very interesting cases like that. Right. What have you run into with that, Steve? Well, we had a case uh, recently, the last few years, of a uh, fatal lightning strike outside a racetrack in a parking lot. This was a car race. And uh, there were um, a line of strong storms approaching. So... The uh, racetrack stopped the race and made announcements. Everyone go seek safety. There was a storms approaching. Go out and get inside your car. But you know how people like to tailgate out in the parking lot at some of these events? And so there were some people who set up a a canvas cover, but it was open on the sides. Mm -hmm. And they sat there and, and, um, you know, were tailgating while most people you know, did the smart thing was actually get in their car. Right. And so what happened on this day was, uh, unfortunately, bad luck, a lightning strike hit the parking lot, and um, there was one death and about nine injuries. And so I got involved in reconstructing the details of that. And so what happened is the estate of the person who uh, was hit and killed by the lightning and a few of the people who were injured but still alive sued the racetrack uh, claiming that you know they didn't do enough to make them safe, but um, I ended up going to court and testifying on this one and explaining to the jury that this was not a lone lightning strike. This was a line of storms that was coming in. You could see it in the sky. You could see the lightning flashes. And we did a whole analysis with a, a map showing each strike uh, during a particular minute. The, the company. Oh, so were, you kind of went back and broke it down we into reconstructed where those, oh, minute by minute wow. for a 45 minute period 
to basically show that it was obvious that something was coming, and we matched up uh, uh, maps of the lightning strikes with Doppler radar showing the storm, and then also uh, still pictures taken from the television broadcasts of the race showing the lightning strikes in the sky. Oh, okay. um, and so with all of this, and, and they had the information on the announcements made by the racetrack. And so most everyone, including a couple of AccuWeather employees, uh, I found out later, had gone out to their car and gotten safely in the car, but these people tailgating unfortunately got hit by lightning. But you know, in the course of the trial, the jury understood that the racetrack had done everything they could do. They stopped the race, they told people to go seek safety, and these particular people that were hurt um, didn't fully seek safety. It is not safe in a thunderstorm to be outside under cover if it's open on the sides, especially when it's raining hard because water conducts electricity. So if lightning hits nearby, the, the, the electrical energy can shoot across the ground and where those people are Yeah, safe. if you're in a wet parking lot. You can still get shocked from that because of the water. Yeah, even, you know, they always say don't step under it, don't be under a tree in a thunderstorm. Well, mm-hmm. that is true, um, but don't be 20 feet away either because they, the lightning can come down the tree and then go across the ground. So, anyway, that's that the was a So that was a very thorough, there was a lot of details that you had that you took with you to present there. And yeah. there's, there's another lightning case that is almost the exact opposite of the case that Steve just uh, described. In which, uh, and I hate to go back to uh, uh, high school athletes uh, playing football. I think th- these kids might have been playing baseball. Well, I was going to say the summer. Yeah, I was going to say the summer. There's yeah, so many I think situations. Yeah, it, it was a baseball. Like uh, it was a game, I believe, that was ongoing. Yeah, I remember and this case. There, uh, w- what we use for lightning data. There is, uh, there are a system. There is a system of lightning strike detectors across the United States. That, uh, uh, that can electrically or electronically uh, determine and archive the exact wow. location and time of something like 90-plus percent of the lightning cloud-to-ground cloud ground lightning strikes that occur across the country. Wow. And that's one of the tools that we use, and that's what Steve used. In this particular case, we were able to show that the thunderstorm that was approaching the area, the very first lightning strike that it produced, that there was no history of lightning with the storm until the strike that caused the fatality on the baseball field. So kind of the exact opposite. opposite because Because in that particular case, by going back and looking at the data, you recognize there was no warning. Exactly. That that strike, unfortunately, was the warning, and that strike, unfortunately... Correct. Was yep, that's exactly right. Yep. And are there any other kinds of cases that you've had to investigate related to heat or summer that are, you know, that someone wouldn't necessarily think of? Well, one thing I can think of that uh, it's related to the sun, not necessarily to temperature or anything, is sun glare. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been involved in a number of cases where a, a driver will claim that they were blinded by the sun. Uh, and so didn't didn't see somebody stepping out in front of them or didn't see a car coming. Uh, and, and there are a couple of things that are different in a case like that. It's not only is the weather something that needs to be dis- reconstructed, but where the position of the sun, where was the sun in the sky? Oh, so you're looking at the time of day 
angle. Ang- exactly. The sun, the, uh, we call it elevation angle, the elevation that the sun is above the horizon. But the azimuth angle it is too, which means the angle, uh, whether it's east or west, if the, if, the dr- if the car is driving east-west and the sun is to the north, then it might not be a factor. But if the car is driving to the northwest and the sun is in the northwest part of the sky and is low on the horizon, then there may very well be a reasonable case for sun glare. These cases usually happen right after sunrise or right before sunset. Yes. The sun is yep. right in your eyes as you're driving I've had it. occasions like that. Oh, yeah. I think, yeah, we all have. Yeah. I guess. It can be very scary because... People, we've had cases where someone just drives right into the truck at 60 miles an hour and never saw it. Never saw it. And you can be on a curve and go around a curve and the angle changes and uh, you're having, you have no problem with visibility and boom, all of a sudden uh, that angle lines up and you can't see a thing. Right. And I can imagine that on a case like that, sometimes you have to actually go to the location also to see if there would have been anything that could have potentially blocked the sun in in where the car was that could be very helpful too yeah well very interesting always enjoy talking to you guys you have some great cases and you said dr joe that we should look at some divorce how about for valentine's day for valentine's day we're gonna look at how the weather ruined my marriage (laughs) thank you both for joining us it was great before we get out of here it is lightning safety awareness week so uh, here's some tips about lightning safety with accuweather ready Lightning causes more casualties annually in the U.S. than any other storm-related phenomenon, except flooding. About 100 lightning bolts strike the Earth's surface every second. That's about 8 million times a day, 3 billion times a year. Lightning's more frequent in the summer and in tropical areas, but lightning's known to happen anywhere in the world and during all seasons. The most well-known lightning is the striking lightning, which goes between clouds and the ground. Also, there's cloud-to-cloud and cloud-to-air lightning, extremely rare is ball lightning, where the electrical charge forms into a ball and travels along the ground. Thunderstorms generally move west to east and often occur late in the afternoon or early evening when humidity is the greatest. No place is completely safe from lightning, but some places are safer and some are more dangerous than others. Being out fishing, being on the beach, hiking and golfing are high on the list of dangerous activities in a thunderstorm. In general, when thunder roars, go indoors. If you can hear thunder, lightning is close enough to strike you. Thunder is known to strike even when it's 10 miles away. Loud and frequent thunder can indicate lightning's on the way. High winds, rainfall, and heavy cloud cover also indicates lightning is close. Count the seconds between lightning and thunder and divide by five to determine how many miles away the lightning is from you. Light travels faster than sound, so you can see it before you hear it. If they happen less than 30 seconds apart, seek a safe place immediately. If you're outside and unable to get inside, do the best you can, like getting into a ditch or a car with the windows up if possible. There are some myths about lightning, and one of them has to do with cars. The myth, rubber tires on your car protect you. Fact, it's actually the metal frame that protects you, but avoid touching metal from inside the car. Myth, lightning never strikes twice in the same place. Fact, it does, especially tall objects like buildings and trees. Myth, you're safe under a tree or lying on the ground. 
fact, tall items are more prone to lightning strikes, and the smaller the contact area, the better. Make yourself as small as possible, kind of like a cannonball. Crouch down with your feet together, hands on your head, and you'll be a smaller target. Plus, if lightning strikes close by, you'll have fewer burns. In general, don't lay flat on the ground. Don't get on your hands and knees. Don't stand under a single tree. A thick forest is better, but not by the tallest trees. Don't be near water, and don't be above a tree line on a mountain. Below the tree line is safer. Inside a house or large enclosed structure is the safest. Stay inside for 30 minutes after the last sound of thunder. Lightning can strike from up to 10 miles away. Get out of the shower, don't wash dishes, and get off any corded or charging phones. Avoid windows. Put the vacuum cleaner, hair dryer, and curling iron down and unplug them. Major appliances like refrigerators and stoves have built-in protection. A little knowledge about lightning can make your summer safer and more enjoyable. And remember, when thunder roars, go indoors. For more safety and preparedness tips, go to AccuWeather.com ready. For AccuWeather, I'm Holly Holdren. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Be sure to subscribe to AccuWeather's Everything Under the Sun, giving you the stories behind the weather and so much more. New episodes every Thursday. Just search for AccuWeather on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or visit AccuWeather.com slash podcast. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.